From the studios of One Jacks Productions, this is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. All right. Hello there once again, friends and family. Welcome back to another episode of The Revealing. Robert Engel here once again with Chris Wing and Frank Salvaggio. Uh, each and every week, we are grateful to be with you, uh, grateful to be here together, and always look forward to talking Bible and all things pertaining to the Bible. Um, if you uh, are uh, a veteran, uh, listener-wise anyway, a long-time listener, then you know we are in the middle-ish, maybe, not exactly sure, but um, kind of the middle there of a, of a series on the um, on different Bible versions and uh, the King James Bible specifically. And you know, last week we uh, went uh, to the Bible itself, and we looked at the two places from which uh, the the manuscripts that we have today um, originated, and that was Alexandria and Antioch. And you know, we're going to going to do excuse me, going to do the same thing this week. Uh, we're going straight to the Bible. You know, we've had a few weeks and a few lessons discussions here and there about uh, a lot of historical and technical things, but this week, uh, once again, we're going specifically to the Word of God, um, and uh, it's just. I think you're going to find it amazing uh, what, what he has to say about not Antioch and Egypt. We've done that. Uh, that was last week. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that, please do so. But this week, it's about uh, two very important terms when it comes to understanding uh, manuscripts and, and the originals and, and Bible versions and, and whatnot. And those two terms are um, inspiration and preservation, and so um, I thought maybe we could just kick off, and you guys can kind of give me your thoughts here, but maybe we want to kick off, and I know we've talked about those terms, but maybe just kind of redefine them. Would that be okay with you guys? Yeah? About just kind of what they mean and, and, and you know, just from a very easy, practical understanding. Um, so uh, maybe, Chris, if I can kind of ask you, um, just if you can give us just a, a really simple understanding of what inspiration is, of what preservation is, and then if I could follow up with that with um, why is it important that we talk about this this week? Okay. Well, I, I can't do that without uh, seeing what God has to say on it. Sweet. Okay, because that's really where we need to go to find out what things mean if we're going to say that um, we believe this. Mm-hmm. So the verse that I would take us to for inspiration and seeing what that means is 2 Timothy 3.16. And a lot of us may know this verse, but maybe we just haven't thought about it very deeply or not, or I don't know, maybe I'm just speaking to people who actually have. So I just want to read that, which says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Okay, and so that word inspiration there means divinely breathed or God-breathed. Okay, it's given by inspiration of God. He breathed it out, okay? He inspired it. It's his word. It came from him. That is what that means. And in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 19 through 21, we read that we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light in the shineth in a dark place, unto the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scriptures is of any private interpretation, 
For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so the way that God inspired or breathed his word to us was through his Holy Ghost. And that Holy Ghost inspired the men to, to write it. And so when it comes to inspiration, that's what biblically that means, is that God actually breathed that out. He gave it through his Holy Ghost to these men that he inspired, holy men of God, who then wrote it. Mm. Okay. Awesome. Okay, so so what does that... Why is why is knowing that important, or or why is it important that we discuss that? Uh, because there's a, like we've been talking about, there's there's other voices out there, if you will, mm. that claim to be of God that are not, and so either God breathed and inspired His Word and gave it to us, or He did not, and we have to be able to know the difference between those, and so that's why it's important for us to understand that it's God who inspired it, and it's through His Holy Ghost, not the word of men or anyone else. You, you'd be yeah. able to go to his word to find out what it says as to whether or not it was from him or not of him. Sure. I I think if I could jump on that for a second, I think there's probably more that I would add to that. I think what you said is correct, um, but I would add more to that. So uh, think about this for a second. Okay, so inspiration, uh, as as, uh, has been defined, is a divinely... It's divinely breathed. Mm-hmm. It's God breathed. Mm-hmm. Can we think of any other verses in the Bible uh, that come to mind where God breathed something into? Yeah, Genesis. Genesis two seven, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so now think about this for a second, because sometimes I don't think we really, uh, when talking about this subject, maybe uh, think about this. But you know, Genesis two seven says, "And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath." of life. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing is, and, I'm, and obviously you folks can't see me right now, but I'm holding the word of God in my hand right now. Is this book that I have in my hands, is it just words on a page? No. Okay. Because if we're going to let the word of God define itself, is this just a book with words written on a page where we can get our <laughs> thoughts from and you know uh, it's a good source book for us but the, but but it's not but it's not the word of god i mean it's it's just, it's just a book okay no. but but the but the word of god itself defines itself differently than what how people view this book definitely because if god breathed into man the breath of life well, that's life the, the then word this of god. book mm-hmm. Which has been inspired. Amen. God breathed mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> his breath of life into this book. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening right now and you're going, uh, I don't know about all that. Well, all you need to do is turn to Hebrews 4, 12, and 13 right. to find out that that's exactly what God says uh, and, and, defi- and how God uh, 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 kind of puts that idea together. Yeah. Because what it says in Hebrews 4, 12, and 13 says, for the word of God... It's quick. Mm-hmm. And that word quick means alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints of marrow. It's a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. Mm-hmm. Whose sight? The word of God. But all things are naked and open under the eyes of him in whom we have to do. Mm-hmm. So very, very clearly, God himself through his word has defined the fact that he has breathed his life into this book. 
This is why Paul can say without any, any question, but we have the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we have the mind of Christ is God breathed his life into it. Yeah. Amen. Yep. And that should change your view on this book altogether right there. And yeah. every time you open it to read it, man, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? So, so God breathed his life into this book and we're going to let it sit on a shelf. God breathed his life into right. this book, right? And, and we think the preacher preached too long. Mm. God breathed his life into this book. We really don't know it. And we're going to call ourselves Christians. Yeah. I'm not the judge. <laughs> But I just wonder, <laughs> I just wonder when we stand before the judge, how does it, I mean, and you know, I mean, God just says in Psalm 138. Yeah, exactly. You know, he, he raised his, bird, his word above his very name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just little things like that. He drops those little nuggets in the book. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, hey, let's not worry about it, man. Everybody's free to do what they need to do and what's right. And, and, and everybody needs to interpret it. They want to interpret it. You know what I call that? Everybody's doing that, which is right in their own eyes. Mm. Yeah, Because there's no king in Israel. Yeah. You want to know what the king in Israel is going to come with? Sharp to a sword. Yep. The, the word, word of God. God. The word of God. It, so That's the other thing. He, he inspired it, and it's the very thing he's going to use to judge the world by. It's the very thing that gives us eternal life. He said, sanctify them by, in truth, thy word is truth. He said, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. He said in Psalm 138, which you were just talking about, that he magnifies his own word above his name. And we know in John 1, 1 and 1, 14, that Jesus is that very word. And so he's he is every word on the page. He talks about every jot and tittle. Either we believe we have it, or we or you don't. Well, every Either he breathed it, every every punctuation, every, every dot, every 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 dot of the i and every crossing of a t, every punctuation, every comma, every semicolon, everything. He's the alpha and the, and omega. the omega, beginning the well, end. I got a question. We're talking about Bible translations. I got a question. If he's going to, if he God breathed every jot and tittle, if he's the alpha and omega, well, what happens when I have a Bible that he God breathed, and it has sixty four thousand less words than somebody else's. Mm. Mm. You got a question? You got to answer. <laughs> I mean, how can now? How can you come to the place of every jot and tittle? Mm-hmm. How can you come to the place of 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 he's the Alpha and Omega, the first letter in the fact? How can you come to that place? How can you come to Proverbs thirty where it says every word of God is pure? When Jesus is being tempted by the devil and he says, what? Man yeah. shall not live by bread alone, but every but word of God. every word. Hey, just food for thought. Well, and something interesting about that verse you just said in uh, Proverbs 30, verse 5, where it says, every word of God is pure. Then there's a colon, mm-hmm. every jot and tittle, and it says, he is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. It gives personage to the word of God. Well, and the shield has everything to do with what's going on in Ephesians 6, yeah. yep. which is the armor of God, armor of God sure. which is the seven pieces of armor, which all have to do with the, with the word, word of God. God. Right. So, Amen. It's almost mm-hmm. like God wrote the book. Yeah. Wow. Weird. It's and crazy. He used his very voice and words to create everything. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure he can handle inspiring the word. Yeah. Which Amen. is what he did. Amen. So, okay, awesome. So so we talked about uh, inspiration 
and preservation. Oh no, no inspiration. Yeah. So so let's let's spend a little bit of time because I know we're also going to Frank. We're going to talk about go to different passages and things where where God uh, not just defines them but illustrates them for us, and, and we see that. Uh, but Chris, um, preservation. What's that about? Yeah. Well, again, um, pro- uh, Psalm twelve six and seven is where I would go to to work that out. Okay. Um, if God did inspire His Word and breathe it and give it to us, then He had to have preserved it for us. And Psalm 12, 6, and 7 say, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Interesting that he says seven times. That is a purification number, the number of completeness and uh, perfection in the, in the word of God. And then in verse 7 he says, Thou shalt keep them, keep what? The words. O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. To keep them, to preserve them to make sure that they last, okay? And if God can speak everything into existence, he can certainly handle preserving the words he's given us. And his word tells us that he will do that very thing in Psalm 12, 6, and 7. So again... And so I, what did he preserve? His, his words. What words? His perfect, pure words. Which ones, though? All of them. Oh, so every word. Every word. Every, Frank. <laughs> All, every. I, no, I know, because I know what you're doing. Like, I'm trying to, we, we don't get that. Bro, no, I, I'm with you. I, I'm trying to make the point of... Absolutely. Uh, here's, here's my point, folks. Remember when I said in the last episode, when I said, uh, you know, why is it that we are being attacked, or why is it that people get upset with us? We are the only ones that can actually say that we have an authority. Mm-hmm. So... I'm making the point because I'm proving. Well, it needs to be made. <laughs> I'm making the point because I'm proving it. Look at we are saying. Look, God said, God said this. It's our authority. Mm-hmm. We believe it. Mm-hmm. We believe we have every word. If you have another translation, how can you say that? Because you don't. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, did you did you know that you have upwards to sixty four thousand less words than what I have in my KJV? Did you know that? Because I'd be willing to bet you most people don't even know that. Sure. Hey, you don't believe me? You think I'm lying? Go ahead. Take 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 your take your non KJV Bible right now and look up First John five seven. Get back to me when you get there. Mm-hmm. Now compare it to a KJV Bible. Get back to me when you get when, when you get there. Mm-hmm. Look at look. Go ahead. Go go look at Acts eight thirty eight mm, or thirty six. Se- six seven somewhere in somewhere there. Somewhere in that area. Uh-huh. Go 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 ahead. Tell me tell me what you got yeah. when you get there. Yep. Oh, that's right. They're not there. Yep. Somebody took it out. And those are incredibly important documents. I mean, they all are, but these are foundational things. Listen, man, well, don't get mad at me just for believing God what he said. Or for pointing it out that there's a difference, you know? I just believe God said what he said. Yeah, either he does what he says he's going to do or he doesn't. He said he inspired it, either he did or he didn't. He says he's going to preserve it, either he did or he didn't. Well, here's the crazy part, right? So, so Chris, you just used that Psalm 12, 6, and 7 verse, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And and you said, uh, uh, well, you didn't say it, God said it, right? He said, (laughs) thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them for this Mm -hmm. generation forever. Well, you want to know what the NASB says? Yes, let's hear it. You will preserve him. Okay. That what does that mean? Them. <laughs> that's not the word of God anymore. Now we're preserving a person. Okay. Uh, and, and and I know where they're going with that NASB because I know exactly what the Catholic doctrine will teach in this a- aspect because I know exactly what they were thinking right there. They're thinking that the them is Israel, and it's not the words of God, which is what he was talking about. NIV says, "You Lord will keep the needy safe and will protect us from the wicked." I mean, that's completely what? opposite of what verse seven says. Yeah. NLT says you will protect the oppressed, preserving them. Mm. 
they're going so, under the context that it was people they were talking about so and not the so words of God. Right. Did you did, did did you know did you know it's only the King James Bible that Psalm twelve six and seven mm. is preserved? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, know, that's something. Did there you, you go. know? So you want to know why other people aren't going to be on the same page as us when we're talking about this? Because it's not in their Bible. So how are they ever going to get to the same page we're on? Nobody else has it. Well, the same goes for Second, Second Timothy, Timothy three. 15. No one else would know others. they need to study because the only where the only Bible that you have that says study is the King James Bible. Everyone else says things like do your best, do your best. Yeah, I'm sure that's what God wants. For oh, you completely change. Do your best. As we finish talking about inspiration preservation, we get into Bible translations, actually comparing them. You'll see more and more how important this particular doctrine of inspiration preservation actually is. Um, mm. and, and those are examples right there of it. So, and, and as Robert said, man, if you're listening right now, please, 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 we are passionate about it. We are standing for it. And we may sound condescending. We're not meaning to be at all. I promise you I'm not. What I'm mad at is the devil. That's who I'm mad at because he is the one that has done this. And I am mad that he has messed with the one thing he should not be messing with. And that's God's word. And listen, we have a track record. He's done it before. God let us know the very first thing he did <laughs> that was recorded in Genesis was mess with God's word. Yeah. So there's a track record. Okay. That's what I'm mad at. That's what gets me upset. I'm not mad at you if you read an NIT, man, or whatever they call them. I don't know if you said. I'm not mad if you read an NLT. I'm not mad at you, man. And I'm not making fun of you, and I'm not, jo- I'm not making jokes at your expense. Okay? I promise you I'm not. I'm mad at the situation. And, 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 and it saddens me that there are folks out there that they just don't know the logistics behind it all, man. Right. Because if you knew the logistics behind it, if you truly just looked at it, you would come to the exact same conclusion that we're coming to. You'd have to, because the facts speak loud and clear. And so I just want to make sure that's that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I think that gives us a good uh, kind of segue. You know, we talked about uh, inspiration and preservation, and Chris did a great job of taking us to uh, several passages of verses of Scripture there. Um, but now, uh, maybe we can look at some of the, uh, examples or, uh, kind of just how, what God does as far as going into, uh, you know, a little bit more about what he, what he specifically believes. You know, we talk about the originals a lot. What does God believe about the originals? You know, how, how does he handle inspiration? How does he handle preservation? Um, because, you know, I think one of the arguments that we here at the revealing would make is well if you if you can believe that God can inspire his word then you've surely got to believe that he can preserve it mm-hmm. that it's not just wrapped up in original manuscripts you you have to you, you can't be okay with the fact that well I have most of the words like you said Frank or you know we have the general message or whatever like is he it's more difficult to inspire something than it is to preserve something. So, I mean, if God can handle one, can he not handle the other? Robert, I would say it like this, you know, and this is how I've often thought about it. If the doctrine of inspiration is, let me say it this way. The doctrine of inspiration becomes nothing if God can't preserve it. Right. It's null and void. Like seriously, think about what I just said. Mm-hmm. Think about what I just said. It's true. Stop, stop claiming inspiration 
If God can't preserve it, then it becomes nothing. Because what did he inspire? Yeah. Well, it, he it only is inspires gone. <laughs> something that we don't have. Yeah. 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 Exactly. He's powerful like, enough to create everything by no his word, but you, not like, actually keep it. Preserve his <laughs> word. Preserve it. I'm not sure people really, really are considering that or thinking about that. Well, that, that is foundational. That's very important to, you know, you need to answer that. No, I don't need to correct my Bible. Right. Well, I don't know why I don't need to correct it. Because I believe he did exactly what he said he was going to do and preserved it. Amen. You will never hear anybody at One Baptist Church correct the Bible. Mm-mm. Who am I to correct what he said? Mm-hmm. He promised he was going to inspire it. He promised he was going to preserve it. He did. And I believe every single word we have is inspired and preserved. Yeah. So who am I to correct it? Bottom line. I, I mean, you know, the the importance of understanding the doctrine of inspiration and preservation is the difference between believing we have the word of God and knowing we have the word of God. No doubt. Mm. That's a big difference. Well, and what happens, right, guys? And I'm sure we've all heard this. And again, if you've said this or if you believe this, I'm not trying to take pot shots at you at all. I'm just asking you to consider what you're saying. Uh, what God preserved was not every word. I mean, even though he said it, okay, but, but, but not every word, but ideas. Mm-hmm. And it's our job to figure out which one of his ideas. See, the problem is once it becomes our job to figure it out, that's how we get different denominations. Mm. Because now everyone's going to interpret it differently. But yet, Second Peter, or was it First Peter 1, 20? Uh, Second Peter 1. Second Peter. Yeah. Uh, yet, yet the Bible says. Yep. No prophecy no of the scriptures of any of private interpretation? It's for any private interpretation. You want to know why it's not for private interpretation? You want to know why that is? Because God has very beautifully, by comparing scripture with scripture, taught everything we need to know in scripture. But you have to have it all to put the pieces together right. Mm-hmm. It's like if I have if I have a puzzle and I dump that puzzle out and it's got 10,000 pieces, right? Well, what happens if if little dog comes along and starts chewing and gnawing on 700 of those pieces? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen when I got when I start to put that puzzle together? Yeah. Not going to have the whole it's, picture. It's not going it, to It's going to make it difficult. Mm-hmm. Now what happens if my little daughter comes along and takes another puzzle? That has the same cut pieces, but a different picture, and starts throwing in a bunch of pieces to replace the seven hundred or whatever. Guys, I, that is a very, very mm. good analogy of it what is. we're saying. It is. This is what has happened, and if you just pay attention to that, how could you possibly put the puzzle together correctly? You can't, right. and because you can't, then you know what you ultimately have to do: start to interpret what you think the picture looked like. Because you no longer have what the picture, and you can't complete it. Yeah. Let's just say on the front of that box, it was unknown picture. They didn't give you a picture to follow. So now all the pieces, you just have to start putting together. Put together. Think about that for a second. How because difficult. that is what has happened. And what we're saying is, is, well, no. God said that he would make sure little dog wouldn't come along and eat pieces and God would make sure that daughter wouldn't come along and throw pieces of another puzzle. God said he wouldn't let that happen. What we're saying is that God God could make heaven and earth. I'm sure he can make sure dog doesn't eat pieces and daughter doesn't. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Why, why is that so wrong to say? And why would you be so upset at that? Why wouldn't, and why wouldn't you want that? Sure. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Don't you want Fair question. a final authority? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's... I keep thinking about it from a perspective of salvation, 
because everybody is like, you know, oh, I'm saved and I know I have eternal life and, and that's important, right? But, and we trust God that he can do that, that he can save us and give us eternal life and that we'll go be with him forever in heaven and so on and so forth. But then for some reason, it changes when it comes to whether or not he can actually preserve his word for us. And it's by that very word that we actually get saved. Okay. And so I don't understand where the, the things get lost in translation, as it were, you know, on that. We can trust him for this and we can trust him for that, but we can't trust him to do, you know, X, Y, Z, you know. That's, it just boggles my mind. That's crazy. Okay, so let's do this. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Hey, Chris, grab Deuteronomy 17, 18. Uh, and, and, and Robert, why don't you grab Jeremiah 36? Okay. Okay. Um, and, 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 and Chris, maybe uh, grab Joshua 8, 32. Okay. And, and so let's do this. Let's, let's look at inspiration for a minute. And let's just take a quick, quick look at what God says. Deuteronomy 17, 18. Okay. Let, let's look at what God said about this. I'm going to read a verse first, Chris, if you don't mind. Okay. And let's just see what God has to say about this. Okay. All right. So here we go. Watch. Proverbs 25, 1. These are also Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied out. Did you, did, did, did you all hear that? Right, right in, in God's word. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, mm-hmm. but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. So, so, so right there, God, did, it, did God preserve the original? It's significant. No, it's significant that they were copied. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And, and obviously, these are also the proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied out. Mm. Would you call the proverbs of Solomon the word of God? Absolutely. And God preserved in His very word. So it copied. seems like at this point. God's okay with a copy. At least, at least one verse seems yeah. to imply that. Yeah. Okay. What, what, well, there's Deut- many. What's Deuteronomy seventeen eighteen say? Uh, that says, and it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom that he shall write him a copy of the law and a book out of that which is before the priests and the Levites. Well, now we got two places. Yeah. Where God seems to infer that copy is what we want to do This here. is what the kings of Israel were supposed to do. Now, listen, we're saying all this right now, but there's going to be a reason why in a minute. We're going to come to a conclusion to why that would be. Okay. Okay, so what does uh, Joshua 8.32 say? Let me get there. It says the following. And he wrote there upon the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he wrote in the presence of the children of Israel. Okay, mm. so that, that's Joshua. Okay. Mm-hmm. What do you got there in Jeremiah 36, 32? Verse 32. Then took Jeremiah another roll and gave it to Baruch the scribe, the son of Neriah, who wrote therein from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the book which Jehoiakim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire, and there were added besides unto them many like words. So it would seem to me. God seems very clear of how he wanted his word to be preserved through what? Mm, copies. Through copies. Now, why? So let's ask that question. Like, okay, why don't we, listen, we could all sit here and we could all go, man, wouldn't it have just been easier if God would have just preserved the original for all of us to have? There'd be nothing to argue about. We wouldn't know what the original... Uh, hold on a minute now. Let's stop and think about that for a second. 
Chris, what do you got to say to that? I, I just, it's just so good because the Word of God just has so many more examples of that through 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 it. And um, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about uh, Moses mm-hmm. and the, and the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, not to d- dig too deep into it, but um, and oh, do- dig. Okay. Dig, my friend. <laughs> Moses and the Ten Commandments. Moses spent 40 days and nights on Mount Sinai where he, God himself, wrote the law with his own finger on two tables of stone for the children of Israel. In Deuteronomy 9.10 it says, And the Lord delivered unto me two tables of stone written with his, the finger of God, and on them was written according to all the words which the Lord spake, there's your inspiration, with you in the mount out of the midst of the fire, Right, and you go back to Psalm twelve six and seven. He says he's going to preserve him through a furnace. And by of the earth. way, was it just the Ten Commandments that he was? Given no, it? he got the blueprints to the tabernacle. Yeah, he got all he of got the law, all of the law, everything you see yeah. in 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 Leviticus, everything you see in Deuteronomy. Uh, that was all given to him. And, and, and it was, Deuteronomy means second law. Right. It's yeah. a retelling of the of the of the laws. Yes. Okay. And so the, impo- the importance of this is that God actually, with His own finger, wrote them. Yeah. Okay. So what you have there would be an original autograph Mm -hmm. from God himself. Sure. Okay. And so since we're talking about copies, this is where it's going to become uh, pretty cool. So Moses descends the mountain and he's he's angry because the children of Israel were worshiping that golden calf. And when he's coming down that mountain, what's he carrying with him? Those original tables of stone that God had had written with his own finger. Okay. The original autographs. There's your original manuscript. And so what happens? He gets mad and what, what does he do? He smashes those tables of stone, right? Out of anger. And oops, now we don't have any more original manuscripts that God had actually written with his own hand. And so what is it, what happens? In Deuteronomy 9, 17, it says, and he took two tables and cast them out of his hands and he break them, right? Mm-hmm. He takes two more. God commands him after that whole episode with the golden calf to take two more tables of stone and, and bring them up to the mountain again. And so after that point, what do we now have? Copies. Mm-hmm. So even even through that whole thing, we see that God doesn't put any emphasis on any original kind of a manuscript. It's, mm. It was it was copies that came out of that, and then of course you know we read some scripture that talks about those kings who were supposed to yeah. also make copies of that law, and you see that through Deuteronomy ten, uh, where he finishes that whole entire story that Moses now had a copy of the law and placed that into the Ark of the Covenant. So it wasn't even an original quote unquote manuscript that actually went into the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. They were copies, but Frank. Yes, that's awesome. But answer the question. You ask why. But why wouldn't we have the original? Because God does not put emphasis on originals. Why? Yeah. I'm trying to think about that. The only thing that comes to my mind... Okay, okay. To prove that he can preserve his word. No, 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 I wouldn't even say that. (laughs) Although there's probably... That probably is true. Think about this for Robert. Okay. Think about this. Just be logical. Okay, so if Ooh. we if we had the original, <laughs> it's not like oh, okay, it's not like we all would have the original. I understand what who you're would saying. have the original. That's what I was yeah, going to say. Yeah, One yeah. person would. So, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's the problem with that? Yeah, he can do whatever he wants with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's uh, it, it's bound in that sense almost. Sure. You know, at, at the, the exp- uh, hold, disposal of you know one I could hold party. It, or, I could hold it as an yeah. authority over you. I could tell you what it says, and you have to listen to what I say. Sure. I could change it. I could. Uh, why would there be one original copy that would make God would not do that? Yeah. Because one person could take authority over it. Or that, one church. Exactly. Or one group. I wonder who tries or, to do that. And when you think about it, it's easier for God to preserve his word through copies than through an original. Of course. So, I mean, it just stands to reason. You of said, course. So you said be logical. There's some logic. Uh, well. 
It is because if there was one original, then it would have to make sure that. Well, it, I think it, I don't know that it'll be easier. I, I mean, God could do anything, so I don't know that it'd be easier. <laughs> but what I would say is, though, is it'd be easier for God to give it into a lot of people's hands, because which is what you original, need to do. Only one person could 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 see it. Like, but for him to get it in everybody's hands, right. then you can't have just an original. You have to have copies. I think that's what makes it easier. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I agree with that. I see what you're saying. Mm. Yeah. Wow. You know, and listen, at the end of the day, right, th- this is a chief reason why, if you're listening right now, and, and we're going to kind of take this in a little bit of a different direction just for a second if you sure, can. Sure, sure. But, but this is the chief reason why you need to choose a church uh, that's teaching God's word. Okay, because yes. it's little things like this that aren't being taught in most churches, yet they are very important. Right? Listen, you could go to a church for their music. You could go to a church for their their style that they are. Programs. Or for their have. programs or their kid ministries. You could go to church for all those different things. But I, I would say this. How we are worshiping God in spirit, does that matter? Um, yeah, according to the Word of God, it does. I believe so. I mean, what does John 4, 24 <laughs> exactly. say? Exactly, yeah. Okay, okay. But I would be willing to bet you most people don't even know that John 4, 24 even exists in their book. <laughs> And if they do, they probably could not tell you what it actually means, what it's actually saying. Sure. Okay. Well, th- then the question is, though, then uh, do you even know what real worship is? Mm-hmm. Is that important or no? Yeah, I-, I just wonder if that's important. Definitely. Right? It, the, the, the Bible says to live by every word out of God's mouth, yet I think that most people get their theology out of one passage a week for 52 weeks mm-hmm. at best. How the heck are you going to live? Listen, I don't know much about anything, but I don't care what Bible you have. If all you read is 52 verses a week, uh, I mean, a, a year, y- it's going to take you a long time to get through that book. Okay? Try, try eating one meal a week for a year. Nope. See how nourished you are. No, nope. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have an issue there, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Listen, the, the word is what you need. If you're allowing the music to give you your experience with God, you're missing it. You don't understand what the importance is. Of course. What you are saying, if you state that the word of God is infallible, inherit, and preserved today, only in the originals then, it, it, what you're saying is we do not have the inherent word in the copies today. Mm-hmm. Do you get that? Because right. we don't have it. Because we don't have the originals. If you believe that we do have the preserved word of God today, then logically the next question is going to be, where is it? Where is it? <laughs> yeah. Do you see the slippery slope you stand on if you don't yeah. get this? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's massive. I mean, you really got to stop and just think about it for a little bit. Think about what you're saying. It's And I'm telling you, man, I was just with a brother this week and we were talking about uh, a particular, uh, and I'm not going to share names because uh, you know I would, but it, it is what it is, okay? We were talking about he wanted to send his, uh, I think I mentioned it at church on Sunday. Uh, he wanted to send his daughter to a, 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 a Bible uh, camp, and he wanted to know if this uh, particular uh, church was a good church or not. And so we hopped on the page, me and him together. And, and he was looking at it, and he's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it, man. Everything looks good here, man. Do you, do, do you see anything that, that, that would be would bring this into question? And so I'm looking. It didn't take me but two seconds to go, oh, man. Dude. Dude, no. This is Calvinistic. 
This this is a very very and and so we're we're okay. You know that's not the point of our. We've talked about that before. But 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 somebody who's Calvinistic might think, well, that's okay. Well, okay. But I kept reading. We kept going. We kept digging a little bit further. And I'm telling you, man, we went to the main page where it said what we believe. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you want to know what a church believes about yep. the Word of God, it's they'll, real simple. They'll tell you. It's yep. real yeah. simple. They'll tell you. Yeah. They'll tell you, right? It's real simple. Just go to their go to their website. Go to where it says articles uh, of faith. Our, our articles of faith. Mm-hmm. What we believe on Scripture, or whatever it says about that. And I'm telling you, 99 out of 100 times, this is what you're going to hear. We believe in the inspired authority, blah, 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 Word of God in its original. Mm-hmm. Then what you're telling me is you don't believe that because we don't have it. It's that simple. I mean, listen. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You, I don't care who you are. Come on, be honest with yourself. If you believe in the inspired, uh, preserved, inherent, authoritative word of God in the original, well, then you don't believe that we have an inspired, inherent word of God because we don't have an original. And people are going to go, well, in the original languages. First of all, that's not what it says. And second of all, even then, even then, but we still don't have the original. Mm -hmm. So now what? Mm -hmm. What do you you have? What do you have? Yeah. Yeah. Because Nothing. what I what I say is, I do believe in the inspired, inherent, preserved, authoritative word of God, and I believe He preserved it in the copy that I have in my hand. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. that's it, what I believe. It's accessible to you, and I that yeah. that's what I believe. Amen. You believe you have to have the original to have that, which what, you don't have. Your pastor don't have. Right. Nobody has. So what what is it that so that so then what you now have to do? Is what most of these churches do. Okay, they do. It's subtle. It's very subtle, but just watch, pay attention. The pastors will start correcting it. Now you know where where it says right here. That's not really what it says. When you look at the original Greek, this is what it said. <laughs> well, you don't have the original Greek. <laughs> I don't. You can say the original Greek. You can only say that. You can only say the original Greek in the aspect in the original Greek language. Right. But you can't say in the original Greek manuscript, manuscript. because you don't have it. Yeah. <laughs> the one that really gets under my skin is, uh, well, a better rendering would have been this. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of like taking the guise of, you know, oh, man, I'm so glad I have you here to tell me what God should have said, you know? <laughs> you're correcting because God. Because you're well, so smart. You know what I mean? Who becomes the authority? Yeah. So, seems, that's my point. Yeah. You're sitting there telling people on your website that you believe in the authoritative word of God, but the real, really the truth of the matter is you're the authority because you're correcting God's word whenever you feel it necessary. Yeah. Or you'll bring people to a different translation, which you think is a better translation. So you get to pick and choose mm-hmm. which one's better. You become the authority on the subject. Yeah. And it's really hard, I think, for people to grasp what you're saying because, you know, I think to maybe, I don't know if I'd like this word, but maybe the untrained eye or maybe just, you said earlier, not knowing, but just not knowing where we are on this and, and what's going on. Like someone who who just hears that for the first time is thinking, well, it's all Bible anyway. They're all, you know, Bible it's all Bible. They're all, you know, a version of the Bible or whatever. So it's like it actually kind of adds, you know, layers or dynamics or whatever. And it's like, no, nothing could be further from the truth. It, well, it breeds more confusion, yeah, so right? like not that. clarity. Let's go back, let's go back to sure. my puzzle example. Mm-hmm. Is it all the same puzzle? Right. No. If you throw in different – if you take out pieces and the dog chews it up and yeah. little daughter starts throwing – do you have the same puzzle? 
And, and there are churches. But no, it's not all. It's not all Bible. Right, right. <laughs> there are churches that will do that. They'll have their big screens up and they'll Absolutely. put multiple versions up there, and all that ends up doing is confusing people even more. Well, that says something completely different than this one says. Well, what listen, I what's really trying to say is this. Listen. Then you get a thought conveyed or something to that. So, amendment. so listen. When I first moved down to Florida, okay, with the intention to plant a church, uh, I remember, and I'm not going to mention names, but I went to a church. Okay, I was there for a little while. And I remember sitting in my discipleship class. Here we go. I'm sitting, and I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be good. Discipleship class, yeah. I'm sitting there for one hour. Let me tell you how this thing went down. Okay. Okay? I'm ready. For the first 35 minutes in discipleship class, we talked about what we ate last night. Stop. Are you being serious? No, absolutely not. What did you eat for dinner last night? Everybody was saying, well, we ate this. Well, we had this. Well, we had that. Oh, was it good? Oh, oh, you should come over for dinner. Social club. It wasn't even prayer requests. It was a social (laughs) club for 35 minutes. Okay, then, then, finally the teacher, finally the teacher got us back to to, to, to what we were there for, so I thought. Okay, then you want to know what happened? Then he read a verse. You know what I just said? One verse. A singular? He read a verse. Okay. Got Jesus pre- wept. Proceeded, that was it. <laughs> proceeded to talk about the verse for, I'm not joking, about two minutes. Okay. Completely took the verse out of context. I, I wanted to just be like, well, that's not even right. Okay. But then what happened was somebody else who was in the in the class said, well, wait, wait a minute, though. My Bible doesn't say that. My Bible says it. And you want to know what the rest of the time was talking about? What everyone's Bible what says. What everybody's Bible says. What a great teaching moment. Uh, what about, so, saw, so when did you chime in? So I didn't. I don't, I don't, oh, think, you, I don't I, think you oh did. Oh no. I was I was brand new. Silent. I didn't wanna I didn't yeah. wanna cause a, a stir right this there. This was this was a, a tamed Frank from I'm, long ago. I'm sure it was not easy for you. Oh, not at all. But I just <laughs> I sat go to the bathroom this, and he excused himself. <laughs> I just sat there and I thought I said, Okay. That 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 just must have been an anomaly. It must have been just bad day. Oh, okay. So I come back next week. Same thing. Really? Come back again next week. Same thing. The social hour. And I'm like, okay, so it's not. A, this is how they do it. Bible light. This is what they're calling discipleship, and oh. this is what's happening. And instead of talking about what God's word actually says, we're arguing. Not even. It really was. It was almost like an argument. Well, my guys. Well, my Bible says this. Well, yeah. My Bible says that. Well, I don't care. We're arguing about. What, well, who do you think would want that? Yeah. It's confusion. Sure. I don't care what you say. It's confusion when we got when we can't even settle on what it actually says. Yeah, that's right. confusion. That's a problem. D- does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. Listen, man. Yeah. When when we're too busy worrying about trying to figure out what it actually says, we're never going to get to the place of what it actually says. See, I believe, and you hear me say this all the time at our church, right? And I believe you guys believe this with everything that's in you, right? Well, we can't all agree on what the Bible means. Mm-hmm. But we can agree what it says. on what it says. Mm-hmm. But the only person or people on the planet from an English sta- standpoint who can make that statement is a King James Bible mm-hmm. only mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Because if you are not, now I'll give you a little credence. If you are a whatever only church, okay, I'll give you a little credence because at least, at least you're standing on one. I've never seen. But you that. never see. Yeah, but you, you never, never see, see that. that. No. 
Most of the time when I'm talking to people about this issue, well, you know, I like to read the I like to read the King James Bible for its poetry, but then I like to read the NIV for this, and and I just understand the this one. <laughs> but you don't, then you don't have a final authority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't stop saying you do because you don't. And these people tend to be doctrinally all over the place. Well, they are at best. Well, now, listen. Every now and then they'll hit something. I'll say, listen now, listen. I will tell you. Okay, every now and then you will find somebody who. Uh, Man, yeah, somehow they're they're right there, but inevitably when you talk to them, one of their Bibles that they use is the King James. Mm-hmm. So that's how they got there. That that was the only reason they got there. And then what the other ones just did is started to confuse some of the situation. But they were able to get there because, you know, I think and no disrespect to any of the names about the name right now, but I think of a guy who I, I respect as a teacher. I think of a guy like Chuck Messler. Okay, mm-hmm. I I think he was a good Bible teacher. Yeah. Okay, he, he was. was. Now he was not under the uh, persuasion that the King James Bible was the only Bible, but mm-hmm. he did teach from it. But that's the only one he taught from. Yes. So, that's interesting. So, huh. he's, so yes, he was teaching good stuff. <laughs> okay, yeah. but he had the King James Bible as his main point of mm-hmm. where of his of where he was getting his information. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just telling you, man, there's something to all of this and we need to pay attention. Yeah. And I think another really interesting way of putting it, maybe like this, to tell me what you think, um, because I'd put it this way in the past before, you know, when it comes down to it, we're talking about whether we have the Word of God or we don't. And the Word of God is His voice uh, that to us, right? And we have it written on paper. And John says in 10, John 10, 7, 27, Jesus speaking, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And so when we come to this thing of how we hold so tightly to as KJV onlyers, if you will, as the inspired, infallible, inerrant, and preserved Word of God, then if you're reading from any other English translation that has been perverted because it comes from those other manuscripts that we've been talking about, what are you not getting then? Mm. You're not getting the voice of God. You've got some sort of admixture to that. And, and so then what is it that you're not going to inevitably be able to hear is his voice. How then can you follow him? What you're going to be following is some other Jesus, ultimately, which Paul warns against. I mean, does that not track biblically? Well, yeah. Listen, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So Either how, we where, have it or we don't. Where are we getting the faith from? Good, good question. You know, I think that matters. It, absolutely. You know, yeah. um, uh, when I think of uh, uh, John five thirty nine, search the scriptures. Oh yeah, for in them you will find me, and what? And in that is life. You know, the, it's the engrafted word that's able to which save, save your soul. soul. Mm-hmm. Like God is putting a major. You know, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, I'm, Matthew twenty four, where he says. Uh, uh, Gosh, uh, try 35, 36. Matthew 24? That's okay. It just popped in my head. What's he saying? I don't know. He says (laughs) something about the word of God being preserved. I know he does. Uh, He says in verse uh, 35 of Matthew 24, heaven and earth shall not pass away, but my words Ah. shall not pass away. Heaven and and earth earth shall not pass away, away, but my word, or heaven and earth shall Shall pass pass away, away, but my words words will not pass away. away. He also says they're settled in heaven. (laughs) <laughs> like, or like, the words that I speak into you shall judge you 
and the like, last day. Like, yes. how can I get judged by a word that I don't even have? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, that ain't fair, God. That ain't cool. Like, how do you do that? And then you know what people will say? I've heard people say this, I, and it blows my mind. Well, God just, God just in prayer, he tells me. That's not even that's gross. That's <laughs> what do you mean? God tells you in prayer? That's icky. Yeah. Like not dude, prayer, but you that, can that make mindset. you can make God say whatever you want to say in prayer. Don't you understand? And that? people do. Well, it just, well, they, uh, that's why this is all dangerous. Because it's really hard to argue someone who, when they say, "Well, I prayed about it," and you know X, Y, and Z. Now it's easy to argue it if it goes against the Word of God. Sure. If they put emphasis on the word of God, but a lot of times they don't, or mm-hmm. we, I'll, I'll say we, as of the church, we don't, but we put it on prayer and based on how we feel. But really, it was just a manipulation of emotions is really what it boils down well, to. And that's, sure. the, that's the scary part, is sometimes we can con- we can convince ourselves that something is of God when it's not. Yeah. And, and who plays in the realm and, of emotions? Well, sure. And, and, and listen, that's why that's why God preserved for us First John 4.1. <laughs> yeah, try, try the spirits. Yeah. Okay, listen. Mm-hmm. You know, the only way you can try a spirit, you don't have the ability to do that without a preserved, authoritative word of God. Amen. That's the only way you can do that. And and I love how Paul terms it in in, in what is it Timothy where he calls it uh, when he starts talking about not preaching the word in season, you know, preach the word in season, out oh. season. We talk about doctrine, mm-hmm. following him, because there's doctrines of what devils, devils, like. Dude, just mm-hmm. because something's calling something of God, if you don't have a preserved, inspired word, be careful. Yeah, you can be pulled very, very quickly. And, and back to that verse in Second Timothy three sixteen, where it says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It outlines for us uh, why that's important and it's profitable. It's because first, it's important for for doctrine, that which is right. For reproof, that which was wrong, for correction, how to you know get right, and instruction, how to stay right. If we don't have it, we're never going to know what doctrinal truth and what's right is. We're not going to be able to get be told what's wrong because if we don't have what's right, we're not going to be able to know what's wrong, and you won't be able to have well, correction well, or instruction. Well, Chris, we you're going to be not we, guided. We will, based on what the what the pastor thinks. <laughs> mm. The pastor, the pastor, it, it won't be the you. word of God. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the yes, that's mm-hmm. the point. Mm. This is a very, very, very important subject. Yeah. And I hope, if not for anything, if you're listening, whether you agree with us, whether you don't agree with us, sure. if not for anything, I hope at least what you're going to get out of this is okay. There is probably more to this than what I thought. Mm. Yeah. That's just, all. That's just all. Go look for yourself. Consider it. Right. Just go look for yourself. Man. Yeah. Do the homework on your own, you know, see what conclusion you come no, to. Know that there's more to it than just... Mm. Just read whatever Bible translation you want. Preference, yeah. What's easy, sure. There's more to it than that. Yeah. Got, you know, that, you know that, 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 that's the realm where the devil wants you. Mm. Mm. Anything that's easy, what mm. I've learned in life, anything that I get that was easy to get, wasn't worth getting. That's right. It, it was it's a good thing, principle. It was the thing that, was, that had to be worked for mm-hmm. is, is what was worth. Yeah. And mm. I'm not saying you can't work in an NIV Bible. Okay. But there is false labor. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have a book that contains the Word of God. I want to have a book that is the Word of God, yeah. the whole counsel of God. Yes. I don't want to have to yes. sift through the detritus of what's in there to figure out what is, you know, what I can give credence to and what I can't. Well, it, I don't. I don't. Then there's no authority. I don't want a Word of God, and this is a good uh, segue into our next uh, 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 episode podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. I, I don't want to. Uh, uh, 
I don't want a word of God that tells me that that Lucifer and Jesus are the same people. Mm. Morning star. If you if you if you if you pay attention. Yeah. All right. I think uh, Robert, you have something you want to share with us. Yeah, and yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll, I think we're good there, and we'll, we'll pick up next time. Close it out here for sure. So hopefully you uh, you uh, tune back in next week as we um, discuss that. Um, but uh, you know, as we've been um, kind of growing here at the revealing, I think we were talking earlier, Frank. It's been almost two years or around that time, something like that. Um, and it's been awesome what we're doing. And, and this this ministry is going to continue, or this extension of One Baptist Church, the, the ministry is, is going to continue for sure. Um, but with some different things going on, uh, personally with scheduling and, and requirements of the ministry here in Jacksonville, uh, I'm going to uh, kind of be doing a little bit of a transition uh, as far as this podcast is concerned. Um, so basically... Uh, my uh, very uh, more than capable and good friends and brothers, uh, Frank and Chris over here, are going to um, take the realm. No, that's not right. Take the helm. I think that's how to say that. Uh, take we the helm take here the and Just, take that the, too. Yeah, okay. Take them both. And uh, going to move forward with this podcast here. And um, I have a few things that I'm kind of working on. Uh, one of those being, um, yeah, not right away, but maybe hopefully in the next by the time this episode airs, maybe within uh, the next month or two. Uh, you know, if you're interested, you you may hear some some uh, preliminary things coming out. But um, we're looking to expand this ministry or this facet of this ministry, and um, uh, uh, it could be get a new podcast where I'll be. It'll just be me. Um, where it's gonna have a different dynamic. Uh, it, it'll be less conversational based, of course. Uh, though I do talk to myself quite a bit. Uh, you're not gonna want to tune in for that. But um, basically, it's gonna be um a um, a doctrinal uh you know some of those tough questions that you get asked in, in about the Bible or maybe tough questions you've had yourself. Um, and you haven't been able to you you don't know how to answer that or you've always wondered about it yourself. And and really the heartbeat of, of behind this. A podcast, which uh, I think right now is um, really much needed today, because we live in a, just a, a time of Bible babble. I think um, it, we're going to answer it just with the Word of God, um, rightly divided and rightly applied. And so that's kind of the the heartbeat there. Um, so as we move forward, uh, Frank and Chris are going to be here at the revealing. Um, definitely, uh, this is not an indication of any kind of a schism or, or friction in the ministry or the fellowship here. It's just an extension of it. Uh, for sure. So I'm going to miss uh, this time with my brothers, uh, but of course we're still we're still plowing away here in Jacksonville together serving the Lord, so I'm grateful for that. Um, but uh, that's what's coming down the line there. So we do hope you'll continue to uh, tune in with us um, as we uh, move forward in these directions here that we're excited about, and uh, hopefully you are too. Uh, so we do hope you take care. Um, have a great week. God bless you. And until then, take care. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world, or email us, info at onebaptistjacks.world.